Hello, everyone. How great to see you all. I hope you had a sensational day of practice, which I did. I feel like I am in another reality. This level really, really does it to me. I feel like I'm floating on cloud nine. I'm going to try to be confident today and see if my mind can still work. I feel so spacious. Oh, we're going to get right to it because this lesson, like yesterday, is action-packed. We got lots of stuff to share. So let's get right at it. Let's start our three-breath meditation. Let's get a nice inhale. We're going to say present. At the top, we're going to say aware. And on our exhale, appreciative. Go into your second breath. And your third. Oh, now we're ready to assimilate lots of information. Today, I feel fortunate to sit as a member of this lovely, kind community in the safety and security of all my like-minded friends, sharing this present moment with others dedicated to the cultivation of goodness. Today, I'm grateful for the direction and support of this kind community, uh, a community worthy of my time and, and commitment, a community where my efforts and uh, have meaning, purpose, and are appreciated. Today, I'm thankful for this community of awakening, a place to gain the knowledge and skills to improve my life, a family, a home, and a sanctuary for all of us seeking refuge from the storm. And aren't we all? We're all seeking refuge from the storm. Would anybody like to say briefly, comment briefly on their practice? for yesterday. I think everybody's got a lot to say about this level. This one's a mind blower. Don't prove me wrong. <laughs> Jeevan, you were mentioning some very great things before. Would you like to just share a little bit? Well, I've, I found that, you know, I get bits of things rather than being able to hold the whole thing. And the line that kept coming to me was about my place in the universe, which kind of took me from here down to here, like a kind of condensing. And um, I thought it was just a good question to hold, you know, without trying to answer it, but it kept reverberating all day in my place in the universe. Oh, that's lovely. Stephen, would you like to say a few words? Oh, Stephen, you're muted. I'm sorry if I, I think I might have interrupted you, Jeevan. Sorry about that. Stephen, you're, uh, can you push your space bar? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, old saying just comes into my head. Um, I guess Nietzsche had said the sea lies open before us. And the old saying was, uh, a ship is safe in harbor. But that isn't what ship, that is not what ships are for. <laughs> That's one of my very favorite quotes. Yeah. I used to have that on my website. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Eshkel, would you like to talk? Would you like to? Hi. Would you like to share something? Um, I couldn't join yesterday and no I couldn't problem. practice it. Yeah, I will practice it tonight. Okay. Because yesterday was very busy. I practiced the other days. 
Good. Thank no, you. that yeah. happens. No problem. Yeah. Uh, and Sally, would you like to share any? You also, I think you're a step, you're a stage behind. But is practice going pretty good? I'm still on level four, so okay, I'm still no problem. About the body. No problem. Okay. And the the body, so you can skip me for now. We'll skip you for now. I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to get to my journal, which I do, for example, not because I love to talk about myself, which I kind of do anyways. Who doesn't? We're all egomaniacs. Uh, this is level five. Commitment, uh, comments on the objects of appreciation. My focus was on our daily dance and triumph against uncertainty. How unlikely and magical our existence truly is. I got that from the Monty Python song. The miracle of being born a human being, the only animal gifted with the choice to awaken and also the choice to transcend my animal nature. So the first one, um, the, our daily dance and triumph over uncertainty. So the idea is that uh, life is completely uncertain. We, know, we never know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So each day is, is a dance with that, you know, that we, we try to, you know, get in what's meaningful to us. And, and in a sense, we triumph over uncertainty at every moment, but we're only, we're only winning small battles, right? Uh, of course, there's no beating uncertainty. In the end, we all pass away. But nevertheless, I think we can, we can celebrate our, uh, our daily triumphs that, man, I saw another sunrise. What a lucky guy I am. And I got to hang out with my friends and eat some delicious earth food. I survived it. The other one was how, how unlikely our existence is. Uh, one, of, uh, one of us posted the, that Monty Python song for the meaning of life, which has always been a favorite of mine. And uh, it's really funny. It's on the website if you haven't seen it. But uh, they comment on that in the song, like this idea of the DNA, the sperm and the egg coming together out of all these billions of planets and everything. Just how unlikely it is that we're actually alive. Like we, on a universal level, it must be like a one trillion percent of probability that we're existent or anyway, pretty cool. I'll have to ask a mathematician. Uh, the miracle of being born a human being, the only animal gifted with the choice to awaken and also the choice to transcend uh, my animal nature, our animal nature. The two are, to me, are, are not synonymous. They're two different things. So uh, according to Buddhism, human beings are the only animals that can awaken. And that seems pretty obvious. Uh, uh, who knows? People ponder if, uh, you know, dolphins or really high primates are already enlightened and we can't tell. And I, it, to me, it seems a bit unlikely. But uh, I think we are uh, quite possibly the only animal that has the gift of awakening. And then the idea is uh, the gift is there, but do we take advantage of such a gift? That's the other one, you know, that especially uh, Buddhist practitioners like monks in the monastery that I know, who have done a lot of education, everything. And then at some point in their lives, they just decide to just not deal with the gift. You know, they kind of lose the, the thought or the, uh, the, uh, the efforts, uh, the goal of, of awakening. 
And I just think, uh, oh, what, what an incredible gift. And what a sad thing it is to not choose to try to gain that, you know. Uh, the other one, the, the choice of transcending our animal nature, uh, that, there, that doesn't have to be with awakening. I think that people can, can be within their animal nature and still awaken. I mean, people could still deal with, with lust and greed and drink. And I mean, that's, that's not a thing. They're different. But um, I like the idea of this second gift of having the uh, mental ability, the cognition to be able to see those things and step away from those because we're the only animal that seems to be able to do that. That's kind of cool. Okay, uh, about the practice, I liked all the media that was available to help me appreciate this level, which a lot of people posted. That was really cool uh, because it was so fascinating. Because this level level was so fascinating, it was really easy for me to practice and contemplate and keep that thought in my mind, even without having to try. So to me, this level was really easy to practice. Uh, this was an easy and fun level to contemplate and practice. Contemplated the uncertainty of life gave me a feeling of lightness uh, that because of our uncertainty, of every because of the uncertainty of every moment there is no time for anything else but to dance with life um so this lightness uh i've contemplated this a long time so i don't i think i'm beyond any uncomfort or fear about uncertainty i've really accepted it a long time ago but the lightness it gives me is that the fact that at any moment we have no idea when the end is coming and and but it, it, it takes away kind of the serious nature that we usually have about life. It's like, hey, man, if, we're, if, we're, if only this moment is guaranteed, then there's nothing to do but sing and dance and love and eat and enjoy each other. To me, that's, that's what the uncertainty brings. It's kind of odd. Huh? Instead of fear, it brings me joy. It brings me this lightness that life is is too uncertain to be taken so so heavily. And it also gives me the idea, it's like, I'm not waiting 10 years to become enlightened and be happy. I'm not waiting two or three lifetimes for my practices to work and I'm gonna be happy. This moment could be the only one I have. This week could be the only one I have. This year could be the only one I have. So my practice is dedicated to that. And in, in that sense, my personal teachings are right in there because i i really believe that uh, you know we want happiness now like those protesters on the line we when do we want change we want it now that's right i'm going to get you guys out on the picket line we want awakening when do we want it now and why not why not and especially if we can if we can actually have practices that deliver it that's that's fascinating um my felt experience at this level Right now, I'm in another world, boy. I just, this practice has a profound effect on me. Um, or I'd say I, I'm really focused on true reality. Uh, the reality that exists beneath our shopping TV shows, sports scores, and trivial concerns became so obvious and is so obvious right now. And with everything I just said about how uncertain everything is, when we talk about Buddhism awakening, is about understanding your true nature and the true nature of reality. This is what we're talking about, the true nature of reality and the true nature of ourselves. 
This is a, a great component of that, accepting the uncertainty. The Buddha called it anicca, you know, change. And uh, it's one of, the, one of the big principles in Buddhism is this an, an idea of, they often use the word impermanence. I like to use the word change, uh, but uncertainty. Uh, for me, I didn't feel any discomfort or fear, just a deep reverence and appreciation for the miracle of life. So this, this level just left me feeling really good. And the awe and wonder of the universe was there. Just all kinds of great feelings were combined with this. A lightness, and awe and wonder. But I didn't feel any negativity at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I got really great positive feelings from this. So if anybody was, was new to these contemplations and it felt heavy and possibly even uncomfortable or negative, that's just your, when you're dipping your toes in it. But once you start to get familiar with it, maybe your feelings will change more to how I experienced it. Five things I took for granted. The preciousness of each morning. So this is waking up in the morning and just cracking my eyes before I say my prayers and just thinking, man, I'm alive another day. Uh, me, this body, this world made it through another night. The sun was shining this morning. How precious to wake up. And then it leads into the second one, that I only have 16 hours each day to actually live. So, you know, we think 24 hours, but actually by the time you wake up and by the time you go to bed, you're only looking at roughly around 16 hours if you sleep eight hours. And, um, and so you only have, you know, from the moment you wake up in that morning, it's like, I got 16 hours to do something amazing, to, to dance and sing and enjoy life. And then out of that 16, we got work, we got cooking, we got eating, we got showering. So it, that helps me understand the preciousness of each day, that it's limited. And for me, every, I wake up and I see that 16 hours is, I have 16 hours to help other people. As a monk, you know, the whole day is just focused on helping others. Uh, so that's a, a big, uh, I take that for granted often. How rare and precious life is. Um, and this is, equates to how can we extinguish any life? So when I, and I see the uncertainty of life and all this, it, it becomes unbelievable that we can take other life, that we can, you know, kill all these animals, that we can kill people, even down to the smallest life to, to see, uh, I won't talk about mosquitoes because they don't count. All the mosquitoes should be swatted. Uh, but like a small insect, just the miracle of that living being in the universe, because in space, nothing's living, right? And most of the planets, nothing's living. It's just amazing. We haven't found life. I don't think we found life outside of the earth yet. I don't think even small things we haven't found on Mars. I think we finally found water on Mars and the moon, but we didn't find any life so far. So uh, uh, it's, it's sad that we, we so easily extinguish life. We see that bug and we just squish it with our foot. Uh, number four, the true lightness of life the heavy seriousness of life dissolves. This uh, level, which seems to be heavy, the uncertainty of my life, oh my God, I could die all the time. But boy, it filled me with lightness. 
the wonder and true lightness of life that because it's just flickering, because it's so fragile, there's a lightness to it for me. Number five, the love I have for my companions on my voyage of life. The, how cool it is that I'm not doing this alone, that I have all of you around me and the animals around me. Together, we're all experiencing this thing called existence together. I, I definitely take that for granted. I appreciate my friends, but the idea of just having all this life around me that I'm existing in a sea of life, I take that for granted. And that is the conclusion of my lovely presentation. With that said, I'm going to go directly into our teaching for the day because we have lots to cover. Okay, uh, this is level six. This is our last level. This is the most intense level. And this is potentially the level that you can get the most out of. So listen carefully, everybody. And this is our last level, so we're going to have fun practice in this one. Guaranteed, this is a mind blower. At this, at this level lies the clearest glimpse of reality yet. With deeper reflection and insight arises the sensation of stillness and presence. At this level, objects of contemplation and appreciation include that you are truly alive right here, right now. That you exist instead of not exist and the recognition of the stillness, contentment, and vast potential that exists in each and every moment. Uh, I thought maybe in the uh, text itself, I should have put this piece on discovery of stillness and what stillness is uh, in it. But, uh, and I think the future versions I'll put it in. But right now, uh, it's in my text, Meditation Basics, on page eight. So you, you, you can all have a copy of it. But I wanted, to, I wanted to explain to everybody what stillness is, because uh, we're going to, I'm just looking to see if there was something first that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, the ones that were truly alive, we'll get to that. So let's talk about stillness. Uh, stillness is also termed presence, emptiness, or the now can be understood as the stilling of the mind and emotions. Now, that's what I used to always say, kind of, uh, stilling of the mind and emotions. And then just today I was realizing that it doesn't still all the emotions. In fact, uh, it, just, it just stills the, the negative emotions. Uh, when you're in the state of stillness, it's filled with all the positive ones. So I think I need to change that to the stilling of the mind and anxiety, you know, those kind of uh, negative qualities. Because uh, you, you, when you're abiding in stillness, the positive qualities are, are all abundant. It's the discovery and recognition of the underlying peace, contentment, and well-being that is present within every moment. Stillness is a shift in perception which recognizes the inherent space that underlies our daily reality. It's reality prior to interpretation and judgment and the acceptance of the present moment just as it is. Stillness is the calm that is always present beneath our anxiety, the spaciousness that is always present beneath our busyness, the equanimity which is contentment, 
that is always present beneath our contention. Contention is wanting to fight all the time. Stillness arises when we shift our awareness from the doing mind to the observing mind, abiding as the observing witness to the unfolding of the present moment. So the doing mind, of course, is the stuff we use every day. It's a lovely mind. That's how I'm able to write these texts. I'm using it right now as I'm teaching you. Nothing wrong with it. We love the doing mind. But we don't use the observing mind as much as, much as we, we need to. We use the observing mind when we're watching television and we're watching movies and stuff like that. But uh, to be able to actively switch into the observing mind and to just be like an open camera lens or imagine yourself at the movies where everything uh, uh, around you just disappears and you are just so focused on the screen and your eyes are just like open lenses just taking in that media uh that's what we do in meditation that's the idea of calm abiding meditation you learn how to be uh you learn how to uh, uh turn on the observing mind and how to abide in that state, which is a lovely state to abide in. For all, all you meditators out there, you know, when you when you when you can turn off that doing mind for a little while and just abide. Abide means living in or staying in, just abiding as the observing mind. Boy, all the complexity of life just falls away. It's a lovely a feeling. So that's a little bit about stillness. Um, stillness is also about uh, transcending the thinking process. So a little uh, thing, uh, we, the distinction between thought and thinking. Thought we have absolutely no problem with. Thought is something that arises naturally from our psyche. It doesn't matter where it comes from, you know, past experiences, blah, 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 blah. It's a natural thing that happens. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. We don't necessarily try to work with it very much. What we do try to work with is the thinking process, which also is lovely. It helps us to create, it helps us to do all kinds of things, but it also becomes a problem. When the thinking process becomes habituated and it becomes this, this uh, um, um, habitual nonstop thinking, this, uh, I'm at a lack for words, sorry about, incessant thinking, this pattern of a sense of thinking, like uh, they often talk about like a hamster on one of those little wheels where it just, the little rodent just runs and runs and runs and doesn't stop. Sometimes our minds like this, I think we all know exactly what I'm talking about. We've all been there. And sometimes you can't sleep at night because your mind is just racing. Learning how to control the thinking process is one of the main things we're doing in meditation. Because when you can control that, at least slow it down. There's a lot of peace there. Well, in meditation, mindfulness, and this practice, you can actually get to the point where you gain real control over the thinking process, and you can just turn it on and turn it off when you want to. When you shut off the thinking process, you really are sitting there as the observing witness. So those two things go together. The thinking mind, the thinking process is directly related to the doing mind. Uh, so as I sit in meditation, I can shut off the thinking process. Thought can still arise, but I watch the thought arise 
like steam coming off a morning pond. I watch it arise and I just watch it disappear. I don't reach out to take that thought and then actively think about it. You start to learn about the relationship between thought and thinking. Thoughts arise, but then we choose which ones to grab and think about. So that whole process you gain control over and life is better when you do, guaranteed. Okay, the actual practice today, throughout your day, stay focused on the inflow and outflow of the breath. This helps us stay present, okay? While contemplating the miracle of your existence within each moment. So like yesterday, we were talking about the miracle of our existence within the context of space. Now we're gonna take that and we're gonna do the same contemplation within the space of a single moment. The miracle of my existence in this very moment and each moment. Reflect on the unlimited potential it possesses, the moment possesses, and recognize the stillness, peace, and contentment that underlies it. Envision yourself being able to float above the busyness of the world, untouched by the chaos. Breathe and abide within the felt union with stillness feeling your your natures as one. Remember to practice while engaged with others. As you meet, isolate the present moment from all others, breathe and fully witness the meeting. Contemplate all the causes and conditions that had to come together to make this moment possible. A lot to unpack there. So we, in this practice, we're going to be following our breath a lot during the day. Whenever you can, just watch the breath in and out. The secret is, is that when you're watching the breath, you are present, guaranteed. It's impossible to be aware of a current action of the body, the breath, the heartbeat, whatever, whatever one you want to choose. It's impossible to... Uh, if, to be on the breath like that and not be in the present moment. So that's our guarantee and that's our anchor to the present moment. So then uh, this practice takes a little bit more time. This practice requires that you sit down for a bit. This practice requires real contemplation. And for me, this is just a sitting practice. You sit in a chair. You don't have to meditate if you don't want, but you have to sit in a chair and just stop everything. And I think we'll do a little exercise today, and I'll show you exactly uh, how we'll do it. Um, so stillness, I explained it before, but I want to explain it a, a little deeper. Underneath the present moment that you and me are right in, are in right now, I'm talking. If we just take a moment and stop talking. Underneath this moment, there's a peace and contentment that is there. It's always there. And no matter what on the surface is happening, how busy we get, talking and gossiping, cars racing around. That stillness is still there. And that stillness that you're experiencing right now in your homes, right now, this stillness is the same stillness that was here before you lived in that house, before your house was built. And from the very beginning, the stillness hasn't changed. It's always been there. We create this busyness around us 
but it's all built upon that stillness. We glimpse it sometimes between thoughts. We could just a little bit get a, get a space of it or when things are quiet or when you have the house to yourself. But those things don't create stillness. The stillness is constantly there all the time. Those are just the times that you notice the stillness. So when you, when you accept this idea, and it begins conceptually, you know, thinking about it and really, really putting it in your mind that even though I'm not aware of it, that stillness is always there and it's always available. That's what's important to know, that it's sitting there waiting for you to recognize it. When you get good at it, you can recognize and abide in this stillness, even in very busy situations. That's why I wrote this next line, you can float above the business of the world. I, uh, I uh, visualize that often. Uh, I visualize this idea of stillness of me just, when, I, when I'm in a busy situation and there's a lot of uh, people calling on me or there's stress, I just envision myself rising above it and looking down upon it, and I can still work with it, but I'm not, I'm not with one with it. The Buddha had a great quote. He said, uh, to be in the world, but not of the world. And I think that's exactly, this is what he, exactly what he meant, that by, by transcending the busyness and abiding in stillness, I'm able to operate within the world, but I'm not one with it. It doesn't draw me in, and I have complete control over how much or how little I want to be involved. Easier said than done, right? Uh, you get a job and you get a boss and it's really easy to not be pulled in, especially when people are yelling at you. And then the idea of at the, at the deep level of stillness is this feeling that your nature or your being is one with that stillness. And it really is. Your true nature is one with that stillness. You're inseparable from it. Um, so uh, the, the, okay, I'm going to keep going. Uh, experience with sufficient practice. One second, I'm sorry. Okay, I wasn't sure if I read this already. With sufficient practice, you can begin to experience the felt sensation of stillness. Based on your recognition of the underlying peace of contentment that is inherently present within each and every moment. As you sit as the observing witness to the present moment, perceiving reality just as it is, without interpretation or embellishment, the open observer, you may experience a slight backing away from the world, objective distance. Time may appear to slow as feelings of contentment increase. There's a felt reduction in one's speed while the intense immediacy that normally plagues us is replaced by spaciousness and peace. At its most skilled level, the felt union of appreciation and stillness can be experienced and generated at will, creating a state of mind of possessing enormous clarity and energy. At peak practice, appreciation and stillness become bliss, arising as waves of euphoric joy, which radiate and wash over you. 
Here's another little piece from Meditation Basics. At this point, one's awareness becomes extraordinarily spacious and peripheral. A profound sense of wellness, equanimity, and peace arise, arises, accompanied by feelings of bliss, a sensation referred to as rapture. This state is one of the most pleasurable, therapeutic, and rejuvenating experiences that can be experienced. And it is so true. When I abide in, in stillness for a while, it feels just like I had a great uh, meditation. Um, and let's just get right into the daily aspiration. Today, I am the observing witness. Today, I am the observing witness to the present moment. I transcend past regrets, future worries, and incessant thinking by abiding in union with stillness and that underlies all things. Today, I set out to appreciate and see this truth in others. So what I do when I practice stillness is I find a nice quiet chair to sit in. Uh, oftentimes, uh, nature is a lovely place to be in while you do it. And I sit and I follow my breath. And here we contemplate and reflect upon the idea of that stillness that uh, we look for, we try to understand that underneath everything is this, this calmness, this spaciousness that's there. And then I uh, mentally try to picture it and try to understand it. And as I breathe and I use appreciation, especially at the top here, the appreciation that at this very moment, I exist instead of not exist. There is no law, universal law, that says any one of you people should exist. There's no guarantee. It's a miracle that any of us do. So to appreciate that, that I exist right here, I could easily not exist, but I don't. I am here right now. Recognizing that and uh, that, we're, that we're truly alive and then sit and breathe and think about that stillness that comes around. And then try to feel it at your heart. And then if you can create that sensation more and more. And for me, I take my awareness out of my mind and I move it into my body. For so many people, we're all trapped in our heads. But I like to bring that awareness down into my body. And I might kind of scan my body to help that sensation, that feeling. And what happens is I create a union between my body and my mind. It just feels like one whole complete experience. And I breathe into that and I try to nurture that and cultivate it and try to make that stronger and stronger. So if you're lucky, that'll turn into this experience of stillness. And I'm really curious uh, how everybody will do with it. I'd like to also mention that we went through these six layers, uh, levels of practice, but the idea of just quickly going through all six levels in six days that we're all going to experience the, the greatest parts, of course, is, uh, might not be true. Uh, these, are these are my main practices. My two main practices are appreciation and stillness. I work at abiding in the union of both, which is what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow's our conclusion, but it's actually still a, a teaching and a, a practice. 
Um, so I've been doing it for years and years and years and years. There's no end to the depth of this. I'm trying to get you guys to dip your toes in it and have a little taste. And then you, as you work on it and you can continue to contemplate all these different levels of appreciation, it gets deeper and deeper. So if you get to, to level six and tomorrow and say, oh, I didn't experience uh, a bliss or I didn't experience stillness, that's okay. That's what we're working towards. Uh, but so far, quite a few people have been using the word bliss. Um, stillness is the, is the thing we're shooting for for tomorrow, to get just a little taste of it, even if it's just conceptual to understand it. Uh, bliss comes at a, at a later time when you really start to get into stillness, and all of a sudden this rapture can just wash over you. So, uh, And those are still working for me. I'm still working at getting deeper levels of bliss and deeper levels of stillness. So that's a constant practice. But the good news is I don't have to wait till I reach some level. I get a benefit from it from the very beginning. From the first taste of stillness I ever had, I had a benefit that day. For that incremental amount of stillness and uh, appreciation I gained, I got that much happiness, contentment, clarity, ob objectivity. Whatever. So that's the great thing about this practice. There's no waiting around. If you get a little bit, like people are saying, level one, in just a few hours, it changed their perspective. They got that much happier, that much clearer, that much more objective. So that's cool. I don't have to promise anything to anybody. It's all coming. You can experience it for yourselves. Um, I'm going to take a few, a quick second to do, look at any questions because I've been talking forever and then we'll say our goodbye prayers and hello, my friends. I'm back. I see you all now. I don't see you in presentation mode. Oh, Alberto, you came in to join me from Tuscany. I want to go back. Hi. Uh, any questions? You can raise your hands. Oh, I think I've just amazed everybody. Oh, oh yeah, please, Ishko, please ask a question. So our homework is doing some silencing practice, right? Stillness practice. Uh, your practice is, don't worry, I'm gonna help you. Your practice is right there in your text, level six, right? Appreciation is this one, the actual practice. Throughout your day, stay focused on the inflow and outflow of the breath while contemplating the miracle of your existence in every moment. I recommend a sitting practice where you find, you find time to sit down and ponder this okay. level. If you want a reaction, it doesn't have to be all day. I recommend just, let's sit down for just a few minutes, a bunch of times a day, whenever you can. But it you really, this one's a deep one. You really got to like take a second. This is a tough one to do while you're washing the dishes or cooking. We want to get a really deep level. Reflect on the unlimited potential that every moment possesses. But here we're, we're trying to get to the existential level of the present moment. This whole day today is focused on this very moment that the presence of that and uh yeah good any okay. other questions about that no thanks ah oh, i was quite concise in that wasn't i oh lovely 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 
And I'm looking, I'm flicking my button around to see everybody and seeing if everybody's raising their hands. Okay, with that said, why don't we call it a class? I'm going to uh, go ahead and put the video online. Uh, I want to talk to about tomorrow. Tomorrow's the conclusion, but tomorrow's an actual class too. So make sure you see it. We're going to talk about the union of stillness and appreciation. We're going to talk about where this practice goes day to day. Today and tomorrow, you're doing this level. But tomorrow, I'm going to tell you, now, this is what you do with the practice for the rest of your life. So tomorrow's a really cool one. We're going to talk about awakening, too. And I wanna, I'm going to see everybody floating above their chair, everybody levitating tomorrow after that. So uh, uh, to give you a little inspiration, this is, the, this is the level, boy. This is the one that changed my life. This is the one that's just mind-blowing if you put the effort into experience it. It's not going to come by itself. And if you're not getting much of an experience, please don't worry about it. A lot of you guys, this is new. Guess what? I, I calculated the other day, and I think I've put in somewhere between ten and 15,000 hours of meditation in my life. <gasps> oh, my God. I've, I've been wasting my life <laughs> sitting on a cushion for ten to 15,000 hours. But the point is that this practice is a shortcut. Most people have to do the 10,000 hours to, to get to this level number six. So anybody that says, 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 I don't feel like it, or it's a little too much time consuming for me, <laughs> I have to scold you ahead of time because I'm saving you 10,000 hours on the cushion. So it's worth to say, okay, one day I'll give it to Tarpa. I'll really put some effort in and uh, do something with it. And then if you do get a taste of it, then boy, my job's done. Once you get a taste, it's like uh it's like, you know, chocolate. You just got to have more. You got to get deeper. You got to find better chocolate. Pretty good analogy, huh, Stephen? Yeah. Okay, everybody. Oh, I forget everything. I'm such a forgetful monk. Let's say a good night prayer to everybody. May all be healthy. May all be prosperous. May all be well. May all be present, free of past regret and future worry. May all abide in constant appreciation, which is the source of great joy and contentment. May all realize their true nature and the true nature of reality, which is awakening. And uh, I think a lot of us have gotten a taste of the true nature of reality from yesterday's practice, from what I'm hearing people saying, uh, their feelings about that, that you, you got a taste of what, what it were really, our, our reality is really about how our existence really is that uncertainty. So this level we're working on for tomorrow just dives a little bit in. But remember, this next level is about the present moment, not the universe. Dig into the present moment. Okay, everybody? Love you all. Stay out of trouble. Bye-bye.